0: but I have to say that like hostels have gotten a bit pricey like really have it's, it's not as budget friendly backpacker friendly as it used to be which makes me really sad because you know like I think it was it was such a benefit for people who really wanted to travel on a budget and had that opportunity and so I honestly I just really love traveling like with my partner and other friends and it's kind of one of the beautiful things about this lifestyle is you end up making friends in a lot of different countries so I truly have friends like across the world in all these different time zones and the universe just kind of gave me a little bit of a helping hand actually and had some brands reach out to me and wanted me to shoot content for them and they're like hey would you like to come and like write a review for us on your website it's a great big world out there and there are some incredible Incredible people, amazing cultures, fantastic experiences.
1: Welcome to the Winging It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me, so tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveller, gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined by Brianna West who is a sustainable travel blogger digital nomad coach, and a content creator. Brie runs the travel brand, Travel Munches, and likes to focus on sustainable travel and digital nomad life. Today, we're gonna to talk about all of that, and of course, some travel. Brie, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm great, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Yep, yeah, looking forward to this chat. So tell listeners, where in the world are you based right now? And we'll go into some backstory in a bit.
0: Okay, cool. Um, right now, I'm actually in Austria, so uh austria has been kind of my hub or my base for the last seven years you know i obviously i'm american so you know home home is the states but austria kind of been my second home and this is kind of our return to spot
1: okay and is there any reason for that
0: yeah, yeah yeah so uh i moved over here seven years ago actually to get my master's degree which is how i ended up in austria originally I loved Europe, I didn't really feel like going back, so I found a way to stay. And then I met my partner and um, he's actually a professional hockey player. So I kind of move around with him for the season and then we travel during off season or I travel during the season when he's busy. Um, But his parents actually are also based in Austria. They're Hungarian, but they live just outside of Vienna. So it's, it's kind of like our second hub with his side of the family.
1: So do you base yourself in one city normally?
0: So we've had an apartment in Vienna for the last few years. Uh, We no longer have it, actually. So we are technically, I like to call it, you know, like happily homeless. Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah. tell me about it, yeah. (laughs) um, So um, I think like getting into the lifestyle, I really needed that home base and like a place to return to. And um, I think down the road, I'll, I'll want it back. But, you know, like with his hockey season, we're usually in a place for anywhere between eight to nine months in the year. Then we go back to the States and visit my parents for a month. Then we're back in Europe for another month and then we're traveling the rest of the year. So it kind of like is there was really no point in having a apartment anymore. So that's kind of how we decided to give it up. But, you know, between the States and Austria, we still have bases with our family that we can always return to.
1: Got it. I'll come to more details about how you do that later. But first, let's talk about U.S. So you grew up there. So you can tell listeners, what else in U.S. did you grow up?
0: Um, I grew up in South Carolina. So um, I was actually born in Georgia, but we moved when I was about two. So South Carolina has always been home for me. However, both of my parents are from Michigan and my whole family's up in Michigan. So uh, we did a annual trek up there yeah. when I was younger. So that was kind of our... Big trip of the year that we tended to do, and sometimes we did it twice a year. But um, yeah, so South Carolina is really home, and that's where I still go home to now.
1: Okay, and just for my listeners who are not U.S. based, whereabouts in the U.S. is that?
0: Southeast, uh, so right above Florida and Georgia, like right on the bottom part.
1: And you have a coastline, right? A little bit of coastline. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Charleston. Charleston. Middleby. Yeah. Yep. And my aunt lives in Charleston, actually, so it's great.
1: Well, apparently, it's supposed to be one of the nicest places to visit in the US
0: it's beautiful like it is it's an absolutely lovely lovely place so I mean I've been really fortunate that I've had you know my aunt living there for so many years so mm. I was able to always go visit her and stay with her and get down there at least once a year as well so yeah I highly highly recommend Charleston
1: nice okay that is on my list actually in fact, I've had two or three people mention that on the podcast so far yeah and I've got some listeners from there as well so yeah place to go okay so I would like to delve into like travel where did it come into your life early doors did you always know or were you interested in travel or was there a trip that maybe ignited the passion or was it a slow burner throughout maybe adulthood
0: um I think I was always really interested in it and I wanted to do it a lot however I was in a ton of different sports growing up so Most of my travel was actually, you know, kind of based and surrounded off of trips for that. Um, It it was, you know, year long and from one sport to the next type season. So I didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of free times and we didn't do a whole lot of traveling internationally as a family or anything. But I remember my parents going on a few trips for, you know, like anniversaries or something like that to like beautiful places. And I was just like, wow, I can't wait to go there one day. So yeah, I didn't really get to travel internationally much as a kid, but like it was something I knew I always wanted to do. In university, uh, I worked really hard and I actually graduated early and I really wanted to take a year off because I could not study abroad as someone who was on an athletic scholarship. You weren't allowed to take the Uh year to travel yeah it was unfortunate I really wanted to do it but um we were in training year round so it's kind of the same thing sports (laughs) always always took up most of the year um but I wanted to take a year abroad before doing my master's degree and my parents love them but they were like "Uh, no get a job
1: (laughs) oh okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I, I ended up working for a year like in my college town and then I applied for my master's abroad got accepted and the next thing I know I'm on a plane to Austria and it's been over seven years now so they they may be slightly regretting not letting me take that one year because it's turned into seven now with no end in sight um Mm. but for me it's worked out great
1: (laughs) yeah they tend to work out in the end it's weird how these decisions the quirks like them saying no now you're here like if they said yes you might be somewhere different now like you can't really analyze it yeah
0: I have no idea maybe to be fair, like maybe I wouldn't have come back though. So I, I think mm. it probably worked out for the best. You know, I still got my degree. I still got the experience. And then I had the freedom to kind of choose to stay over in Europe.
1: Nice. Applying in, in Austria for your master's, did you apply to other countries in Europe?
0: Um, No. So I actually had visited Austria when I was 14. It was the first like really big international trip that I did. I actually attended the junior Olympics. Uh oh, wow. part of the yeah, part of the People to People Sports Ambassadors program um is how I got my foot in the door with it. So I actually came to Vienna, Austria for that when I was fourteen, fifteen. And uh, I had learned a little bit of German. I will tell you right now it's not the same German, but you know, I was really <laughs> confident about the fact that one I had been here, two, I I'd really liked the city, and three, I thought I knew the language, so it just made sense. Um my studies were in English, so it wasn't, you know, gonna be overwhelming or anything, but mm-hmm at least it it just made sense and it also was like a really strong program I mean I don't know how many people know but you know like psychology Sigmund Freud in Vienna is a really big thing so it was a strong program and it was just something I was really interested into and yeah so I think I just got really lucky that I was like nope I'm applying to this one and I got accepted and I'm on a plane.
1: (laughs) Wow okay I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ask sport wise what sports do you
0: Um, so volleyball was what I played actually all through university and then high school. I actually started really late with that. I played basketball. I did track and field. I had done martial arts. I rode horses for a really long time. I played soccer when I was younger, kind of all over the place, to be honest.
1: Right. So sporty type. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think America has one of the best places to do like all these different sports like for me it was just football or soccer as you say that's it if I was play rugby I wasn't in the right school so it wasn't possible Um, yeah I I, I would
0: definitely have that advantage where like you just have the opportunity to try out a lot of different things and you're exposed to a lot so yeah I, I was really fortunate that way
1: okay so you got into Austria that's great Did you then start to maybe plan to travel outside of your studies? So maybe like Europe or during university or your master's degree, did you plan to maybe start to think, okay, maybe long-term or, yeah, going for a longer period of time? Did that come into your mind?
0: So originally it was going to just be the first two years, but I knew I wanted to travel as much as I could during those Mm. two years. So uh, we were really lucky that our classes were kind of, you know, Nicely scheduled throughout the week and we could have long weekends and um, when I actually first got into the program one of the last semesters was actually something you could do completely remote. Sadly, it did change by the time I got (laughs) to that semester, but um, yeah we, we made the most of it, you know, we had longer breaks. We had long weekends and um, a lot of the people that I was studying with or friends that I met had family in a lot of countries around here as well. So that was always really beneficial. You know, we could hop over to Germany or Scotland or Italy or something with friends who had family there.
1: Nice. That's kind of the dream really, isn't it? If you've got f- it, like yeah, friends with family, brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was It was the broke college kids way to do it yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Because you need that accommodation. That's what I've learned. Uh-huh. Do you know, weirdly enough, I'm on my trip now, and I've not really backpacked Europe. I've been to places like France and Germany just because the weekend trips from the UK. But you know, backpacking, and I'm just shocked by how much accommodation costs. I'm now in Switzerland, and I am shocked at how expensive it is. <laughs> S-
0: Switzerland's pretty expensive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I I've been there a few times, and. Uh... Two of the times I, I stayed with friend's family, thankfully. But even those trips were still, you know, like the few times we went out or ended activities or went out to eat or something, it was it was burning a hole in the pocket. So I, I couldn't imagine having stayed longer and not stayed with friends.
1: Yep, we're here for five nights, maybe six. Oh God, yeah. We paid for a hostel, like twin bedroom. with have owned bathrooms, so it's not too bad. But that per night costs much more than our last accommodation, Luxembourg, which is like this posh hotel. Um, just because there's not much accommodation in Luxembourg. And the difference in price is quite big, but the difference in the quality of the room is huge. It's Oh crazy. of course,
0: of course. But I have to say that like hostels have gotten a bit pricey. Like
1: they have, yeah, yeah. They yeah.
0: they really have. It's it's not as budget friendly, backpacker friendly as it used to be, which makes me really sad because, you know, like I think it was it was such a benefit for people who really wanted to travel on a budget and had that opportunity. And I fully understand that travel is a privilege. So like, it just, it makes me really sad to see Mm. that, you know, it's becoming harder and harder for people to travel on a budget. Not that you still can't do it. I mean, I talk about budget travel all the time and Mm. talk about, you know, like tips and tricks and hacks and stuff. So I'm still out there trying to fight for that, but it does make me sad to see how expensive some hostels have gotten.
1: Yeah. That's a great point. Actually. I do want to touch on that because I was looking at, hostels and I just couldn't believe I went to Rome last week and I couldn't believe that bed in a dorm is like 40, 50 euros in some place. I'm like, yeah. what?
0: That used I... to be the price for a private room. Yeah. And yeah. What's happened? Mm-hmm. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> I'm shocked. You are right. It's about a point. I, I don't think, especially in Europe, traveling in hostels is budget friendly anymore. It is to a point, but not as much as it used to be.
0: Honestly, like, I mean, I know Airbnb has a lot of problems, but we we tend to try to look at Airbnb for the most part because, I mean, it's just like security issues and stuff as well. But in the long run, they're not that much more expensive and you just get like, you know, an entire residence or like a private room or something at least. And, you know, it's back to that price for quality and the quality is just so much better, even though it is still a bit more expensive. But like the differences aren't as drastic. You're not saving as much anymore.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like they're charging it and the excuse would be, well, you get to meet people. That should be a given. But mm-hmm. you should be able to pay a fair price for a bed in a dorm, irrespective mm-hmm. of anything else. But the fact that it's now, in Europe anyway, 30, 40, 50 euros is, yeah. is crazy.
0: And, I mean, I'm also not someone who's a huge partier or a nightlife person so you know like having a ton of people being really loud at night is actually not something that I'm interested in yeah you know like I like I'd rather choose the nights that I want to go out and pick my locations and meet people that way I mean I'm a very social person so like I'll go talk to people and make friends on my own that's not a problem but you know like that party vibe is just not something i can do so if we are looking at hostels i really try to look for ones that are you know not advertised as like party hostels yes
1: yeah same we are the same i don't mind meeting people and having a few drinks but yeah the party hostels i i just value my sleep much more these days
0: oh 100 i'm 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 like the day adventurer like let's yes. do excursions and Get trips early. during the day together let's yeah. come back and have like dinner and drinks and then i'll go to bed at a reasonable hour
1: exactly the same <laughs> we're on the same page i like it <laughs>
0: My partner hates me for it. He is such a partier and he's had to Oh really cause... Oh yeah. He, oh, wow. he loves it. He loves it. But I'm usually like, Okay, well mm. I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I just think there's such good value getting up early and getting out there for the whole day. I think it's better I know. value. And
0: and I also just think the earlier you're out there, like the less people, you know. Yeah. I mean, I get those early mornings can be tough, but having those couple of hours where it's just not jam packed and you have places to yourself and you get a fresh start and you really utilize the part where I have energy during the day, at least. Mm. I just, I think that's, that's just highly, highly outweighs having a late party night.
1: True. And the next day after that, I mean, unless you're young (laughs) uh, and you're good with hangovers, you're going to be kind of ruling a day out. Well, I would anyway, if I've had a lot to drink.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's another thing is he's just, he's, he's immune to hangover still. Immune dream. He really is. It's annoying. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah crikey i can't even deal with no sleep Uh oh. anyway let's not go there <laughs> right, but we're gonna go into sort of the traveling backpacking life um because i want to know more about your travels and your nomad life and also sustainable travel so i've got some questions lined up here uh, but you mentioned in your bio on your website that you love meeting new people and cultures where did that kind of come from do you think
0: i always have to like preface this with i don't mean any you know, negative connotations when I talk about this, but mm-hmm. I kind of come from one of those stereotypical Southern towns where everyone marries their high school sweetheart and then, you know, moves into a house a town over and is probably on their like third or fourth kid at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So like, and I mean, like I get it, like for some people, that's amazing. Like that's yeah. what they want out of life. And I'm so happy that they, they got that, but that was just something that never resonated with me and you know i had always wanted to travel and i would always kind of been like there's a huge world out there i want to see it Mm -hmm. and it was funny because like all of my friends back then even were like oh like you're gonna get out like you are definitely not gonna stay here so like it wasn't a new or shocking thing by any means but i think that it was just i really wanted to immerse myself with people who have different ideas and different opinions and different thoughts because like when you grow up in a smaller town of course, people are going to have their differences, but a lot of them have to, tend to have a lot of similar ideas and values and stuff. And I just think it's really important for someone to be able to truly develop their own beliefs. And for that, you really need to be open to a lot of different perspectives. And I think experiencing it for yourself is the only way you're really going to know like, what you believe. And so for me, like meeting new people from different places was just always so fascinating and interesting. And I always wanted to talk to them about so many things and, you know, hear their opinions or their perspectives on things. So I could actually better form my own, Um, you know, and I just I think it's really amazing to meet people who have extremely different cultural backgrounds and see what life is like for them because, you know, you grow up with yours and you kind of think this is the norm, but it's really not for so many people out there. And it's just really, really like eye-opening.
1: It's the only way to learn, I think, to speak to people Mm -hmm. like that. I I agree. Because if you don't, how do you know that yours is the best way or the only way? You'll never know. Um, But then I guess flip that around. Someone could say, well, but but you're never going to visit every culture, which, you know, I get that. That's a fair point. But surely you'd rather have 50 cultures under your belt than just one.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, and at the end of the day, if you still believe, you know, what you grew up believing, then like more power to you. But like yeah. you've really solidified that belief. So like now you're not going to have any doubts about it, you know?
1: Yeah. And do you struggle to maybe like connect with those people if you still speak to them in your town? Because what I found where I'm from, you know, a lot of my friends don't travel and it's hard to relate sometimes because they're on a, such a different path of, I mean, you said kids and you know marriage and house and all that sort of stuff. Totally different. Uh, and it's hard to relate to each other's lifestyles. Do you find that a problem at all? Or?
0: Um, I think I was really fortunate that there are a couple families that I grew up with, you know, since preschool and kindergarten. And like the kids were basically my like pseudo siblings. Mm-hmm. And I still absolutely love seeing them and talking to them and watching their lives unfold. You know, like almost all of them are now married. Most of them have kids. A few, like maybe one or two are still single but like, you know, so it's it's definitely different because our lives are in such different states. But I think I'm really fortunate that that small group of people has just been, you know, like they've been there my whole life. So we can be really happy for each other, even though we're on completely different paths. But, you know, like seeing them and stuff, I don't feel out of place or anything like that. You know, like I'm excited to hear about their lives. I'm excited to catch up with them. They're always wanting to hear about my life and travels and you know, so I'm really fortunate that like that small community of families that have been around my whole life are still in my life, you know, like my parents and their parents are all friends. And like, we literally just watched each other grow up from preschool onward. Um, But outside of that group, honestly, I don't think I kept in touch with anybody Mm. else from town or high school, you know, I kind of have been an independent person. And I, I feel, you know, as I get older, that's not always a good thing. I mean, it's, it's (laughs) definitely have its benefits, but like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sensing that I do kind of wish I had some of those stronger connections sometimes. Mm. And, you know, those people who were there all the time, but right now in this lifestyle, it's just, it's really hard to, you know, have those really strong friendships when you're constantly moving and you're not around each other all the time. So I, I just try to look at it as, you know, I do have that small community that I grew up with and I'm very fortunate that even though we don't talk all the time and even though I don't see them very often, when we go home, we just kind of pick up where we left off and we catch up with each other. And we both understand that, you know, like we're on different paths, but we can kind of like go together still.
1: Yeah. You're totally right. I'm glad you have that connections because some people don't have those connections actually when they leave to go traveling because everyone is like, you know, staying at home, which kind of leads me to the next question. When you were growing up and you said that people, you know, stay in the same town, which is absolutely fair enough. Is even going to like to another U.S. state? Is that even a big thing? Do you think?
0: Honestly, like the the few people that I've kept up with on social media that I like grew up with, they're they're still like in our hometown, you know, or they're wow. still like a little bit away. I I don't know that many of them that have moved to even different states. Like obviously there have <laughs> been, yeah, like of course there have been, and there's a handful maybe that I can think of off the top of my head, but I think we just had like a high school reunion recently, and oh, okay. There were quite a few people that went and like, I mean, a lot of people didn't go, but I know they're still living in town. So it was just, it was really, yeah. So I I honestly think the majority of people, at least that I talked to and socialized with and, you know, were kind of my cohort, a lot of them actually still live like in our state, if not, you know, within an hour or two away.
1: Mm, Okay. Yeah. Because someone said to me who's American that even traveling to another state is quite a big thing to do. Yeah, you know, let alone internationally, like off the scale. If in South Carolina going to New York State, for example, might be quite a big trip.
0: Oh, well, and to be fair, it is. Like people don't understand. Like over here, that's the same as, you know, going from, let's say, France to Norway. Maybe, maybe, yeah, you know. So like people always are like, Oh, they're kind of staying in the States, but like you do have to give some perspective that the states is massive. Huge. So so yeah. moving from those states is actually still a really big jump. Like sure it's still the same country a lot of the logistics that you deal with moving internationally aren't going to have those same obstacles Mm -hmm. but like you're still moving just as far
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: like you know from one coast to the other coast is it's
1: pretty far (laughs) (laughs) the US is huge diverse it's a trip in itself 100% yeah yeah what place okay we're gonna go some of your travels next uh so I've got like ask me three maybe countries that you like to recall from your travels previously so country one is indonesia and you put hands down (laughs) hands down Down.
0: like (laughs) i i'd move there tomorrow if i could like i'm just i'm eager to go back i absolutely love everything about southeast asia honestly so it's not just indonesia but indonesia was just my absolute favorite um i got to go over to bali to see a friend that i met in university who's from new zealand and mm-hmm. catch up with him um we went to like an elephant sanctuary and anybody who knows me is like that's that's my spirit animal my like true love in life is an elephant best day of my life but you know it was just gorgeous you have the mountains the jungles the beaches you can stay in these luxury villas for the price of a hostel. In yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, nice. but the,
0: the food is incredible. And again, yeah. it's like, it's the same as paying for like a drink or an appetizer over here in Europe. And like the people, just so friendly, so welcoming, so helpful. And I just, I also just loved the culture, you know, like learning about it and seeing some of like the more traditional sides. There was nothing about it that I didn't love. You know, um, I have to say that my friends got food poisoning, so they probably Standard. had a, a few bad days <laughs> and I was really lucky not to get it. Um, to be fair, they ate sushi at a place that some people said don't eat at. Mm. They took the risk and they lost.
1: Yeah, it's a risk or take.
0: Yeah, um, but you know, I that was the only time that like I did a solo tripper over over there for the two days that they were sick so I was kind of going around by myself and I felt fine you know Mm -hmm. um it was one of the first times I'd kind of ventured out by myself and everyone was just so nice yeah I just I don't have a bad thing to say about it
1: did you venture to any other islands apart from Bali uh
0: no I was so sad I was actually I met some photographers and videographers and they invited me to do a shoot but it was the day of my friend's cousin's wedding uh so i was going to try to meet up with them and then i was like no like it's the day of the wedding and then that's the day everybody got sick oh (laughs) so yeah yeah um i ended up being free but then by that point i was just like oh i'm not gonna like try to go catch up with people and stuff like that so sadly i didn't so that's what that's another reason like i'm dying to get back there so Mm. i can explore a lot of the islands because i've got a ton of them on my list
1: yeah, I've only been to Bali too and controversial. I didn't like Bali that much, but I'm desperate <gasps> to go to other places. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the other islands Switch in Indonesia. Their
2: own.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan, but you know, people got different stories, that's fine. But I want to go to like Lombok and then Flores and mm-hmm. Java as well. I want to see all these other places. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm hands down, ready to go back anytime.
1: Yeah. Huge country as well though. Huge. There's a lot of places to explore there. And fairly cheap. Yeah. Okay. Country two, UAE.
0: This past summer, my partner and I went to Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And we had a great time. Again, this is kind of to do with, you know, where I come from. But a lot of people were just like, we can't believe you're going to go to the Middle East.
1: Oh, why not?
0: Well, and this is the thing is I was like, there's so many amazing things there. Like, you know, and. I had my-
1: the most weird reaction. because I'm going to Lebanon and people said, you're going there. I'm like, Yeah like it's dangerous. I'm like, well, is it though? (laughs) You you might read it's dangerous, but is it? I'm not sure. I'll I'll go and find out myself. So yeah, it's crazy.
0: And I, and I understand. And like, I get that, you know, for certain countries, there may be other warnings and stuff, but I know so many people that go and just have these amazing trips and I just got so frustrated. You know, there's still countries that when I tell my parents that I want to go to, they're just like, they get so upset. And Mm. we get into arguments and stuff. So, like, I've held off going because I don't want to upset them. I don't want to disappoint them. But, you know, in the last few years, I just kind of started getting to the point where I was like, it's just not fair because, like, we see what's in the media, but we don't really know what's going on. And there's always two sides to it. And as long as you travel smart, as long as you are respectful, like, chances are you're going to be fine. And honestly, every country is dangerous. Like, our apartment in Vienna got broken into while we were gone last Christmas. Like. Oh, Vienna the safest country like safest city in one of the safest countries in the world and we had our apartment broken into so like it doesn't matter where you are in the world like it can happen anywhere and this was our first trip to the Middle East and I would love to go back again people were so nice um I think it was just like it was another really kind of diverse place that I Mm -hmm. hadn't been to which is why I was so excited by it because I really loved You know, like, that's why I think why I loved Indonesia, because it was the first one that I went to in Southeast Asia, and it was the first really and most immersive experience with this culture. So I was really excited to see something so drastically different Mm. from the world that I grew up in. You know, I mean, Europe, don't get me wrong, tons of cultures, tons of different things, but Mm. it's still relatable to where it's kind of westernized and so for me going you know to the middle east and southeast asia like it's a whole new world and i think that's where like i just truly get excited
1: yeah same as me new cultures new countries i want to test myself in these places and any tips for me because i'm going to uae in after lebanon and i've never been so was there like one thing that you did that you could recommend
0: Oh, I have blog posts on it, my friend. I oh, will send you okay. tons of it. I have, yeah. <laughs> I have video guides, like, I got all of it. I will, I will definitely hook you up. Oh, yeah. Um, I would just say that, you know, like, be really respectful of the culture. So we were told, you know, especially for women, there's certain dress codes you should follow. Yeah. And, you know, like, modest interactions between men and women and, you know, respect at certain places that, like, men and women aren't allowed to touch or stuff like that. Just kind of be wary of that but overall like they're so friendly and it was beautiful and we had a blast so yeah I'll definitely send you like my in-depth guide. but like overall
1: you're gonna love it lovely I'll put that link in the show notes so people can read that as well
0: perfect perfect
1: this next country don't worry uh, I might have offended you with Bali but I'm not gonna offend you with this one Greece (laughs) I love the place tell me where you've been in Greece and favorite places
0: I'll start with the first place I went was Athens I like I just needed to check it off the list it's like the big one and i wanted to see all the stuff for the olympics and i just thought that was a really cool thing to experience yeah and then um i thought crete was amazing
1: oh nice yeah
0: like loved it um and i've actually been three times so we just went back recently in the spring for a hotel collaboration and a couple like brand photo shoots that we were doing so that was really fun because you know that one was kind of most expenses paid and actually getting paid so yeah um but for me like for Greece it's it's the food and the people like other than Bali Bali's probably number 2 but Greek people are just the nicest people I have ever met in my yeah. entire life and even if they can't speak to you they are so eager to interact with you and you know like help you the amount of food oh my goodness <laughs> we we will order one thing and we are seven shots in and three desserts <laughs> and four appetizers and six sides and it's it's never on the bill Like it's just never, you just sit there and talk and they're just like, here, have this and this and this and this. And you're just sitting there at the end of the meal. Like, honestly, the first few times we went, like after a while, I was like, okay, this is just how it is. Mm. I started ordering less food because I wasn't going to be able to eat or drink anything (laughs) because of what they brought me. The hospitality and the generosity just are unparalleled for me so far. Every single time I've been to Greece, they are just amazing.
1: Yeah. Magical people. I felt like a local when I was there, but I went in December when no one was there, tourist-wise. Mm-hmm. I had this weird feeling, it was, it was a nice feeling that I was the only tourist, so everyone knew who I was for like three or four days, because I was the only guy who wasn't. There. <laughs> so they like say hello, they welcome me into their cafe, I had a little local cafe that I spoke to the locals in, and it gave me like some breakfast really, really cheap, like I'm talking mm-hmm. like one or two euros, it probably is like oh, yeah. five or ten in the summer, but even the hire car lady was like, don't worry about security deposit, just text me if you've got something wrong. You'll be right. I was like, oh, okay, super chill. Just like, the nicest people, man. Yeah. What a place. And there's loads and loads of islands to go and see.
0: So many. Yeah. So many. Like there's just so many that we haven't been to. And we we kind of always talk about, you know, if we're kind of unsure where we want to go, Greece tends to pop up a lot just because there's always a new island to
1: visit. Yes, exactly. I thought if you are unsure where to go, just pick Greece and pick a random island and go and check it out. Yep. Can't go wrong. Okay. So I've got here, what are some of your favorite traveling experiences that you've done so far?
0: So I honestly, I just really love traveling like with my partner and other Mm -hmm. friends. And it's kind of one of the beautiful things about this lifestyle is you end up making friends in a lot of different countries. So I truly have friends like across the world in all these different time zones. I just think that's kind of awesome. You can call people up or you can go visit someplace and you always have people to meet up with. And even if you're going to somewhere new, like they can come meet you somewhere. So like, I mean... You know, like I said, my friend who's from New Zealand and I actually met in the States at university, like we met up in Bali and we're talking about trying to go meet up in Thailand. And it's just really great because you may not see them often, but like that type of friendship and that kind of bond that you have is really unique. It's kind of another one of those that you just pick up where you left off or you kind of keep tabs on each other. But, you know, it's always just really exciting because they're always down for an adventure. And that's just kind of like, you know, the great thing about having traveling friends, I think
1: that's a friend you need
0: yep yep for sure
1: okay and I also asked about some of your activities uh, that kind of coincides really so you listed a few here quite a lot of animal related activities
0: yes so this is a big big thing I am a huge advocate for animal rights and this goes a lot into like my sustainable travel and ethical animal tourism and this is something I'm actually working on I'm writing a whole ebook on sustainable travel and I have a few articles on like ethical animal tourism and all that kind of stuff. And over the next few years, like I'd really like to continue to push, push, push this because it's just something I care about so much. A lot of the times people don't even realize that they're engaging or supporting unethical practices, you know, yes. it's it, sometimes it's really hard. Like I, I'll admit I've been to ones where it looked fine online or I thought I had done the research. And then when I showed up, I immediately saw red flags yeah, and had same. to leave. And it mm. just, it, it's such a bummer because like you've spent the money, you were excited for the experience. But then when you see that, like, it's not an ethical place, like you're just like, I can't support this. I can't, you know, go in here and stuff. So yeah, I, I would say that like working with, you know, actual sanctuaries and rehab centers or rescues, that kind of stuff has been really big highlights for me because I still get to have these experiences, but I also get to support companies who are actually trying to push for like animal rehabilitation, animal welfare. They're trying to promote people to like learn about the animals and save species who are endangered and stuff like that. And I just like, I absolutely love those experiences. So they're they're very high on my list.
1: Okay, yeah, it's great work. I think it needs to be out there more
0: yeah, I will honestly say that a few years ago, like I think what really sparked was the like the dog meat trade and the festival that happens oh. in China and stuff. China. And so uh, yeah, when I, I first heard about it, I I, I physically just bawled and balled yeah, and balled and I was just like I think it was just kind of one of those light bulb moments in life where I was just like, something affects you that deeply. I've just kind of was like, Okay, like what can I do? And I think yeah. that kind of helped to spur my passion to try to figure out you know like how to do all of this traveling and these things but do it sustainably and ethically
1: yeah i kind of cringe at myself really because i've done one in thailand this elephant tour you know you sat on the elephant and then also feed the tigers and like looking back i was like what was i doing can i use the excuse of being young maybe i don't know but looking back it's grim um, and this is my
0: this is my other thing is like i never want to make people feel bad for things because like if you weren't aware like that happens but you have a responsibility going forward to educate yourself and do the research and like own up to the fact that you did it like and that's why like i i said that too i've i've been there i've done it i and i've looked back and i'm like you know what i made these mistakes but like i own up to it and now like i've really focused on devoting myself to i always do the research and if somehow it still gets by me if i show up and it's not what it should be leave walk away don't support them
1: yeah great point that one other thing, I want to quickly question: Four wheeling in a desert. Where was that?
0: D- Dubai. Oh Dubai. yeah. Dubai.
1: Okay. Cool. The
0: sand dunes. Yep. yep. So Go on like, the dune bashing. I get motion sickness, by the way, so the dune bashing got really intense. <laughs> uh, we sat in the very back seat, which was just the stupidest decision. But we got in, and there was like this family, and these kids wanted to like go to certain seats, so we offered to move for them. Um, I should have been like, Ooh, major motion sickness, car sickness person, but they were excited. And you know, like my partner is also just like the nicest person, like most generous person. He'll, he'll do, he'll give you the shirt off his back, like anything to make other people happy. So I knew he would have no problem moving for them. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll get the whole seat to ourselves in the back. But no, it was a horrible, horrible decision. Even after we got out, like I was still nauseous for so long that like I had to sit out when they were sandboarding and stuff. So if you oh. get motion sickness, sit in the front seat or like in the <laughs> front row of passengers. On the way back, I sat in the front with the driver. Uh, oh, that here's another thing. Like the people, again, so nice. Like as soon as they saw I was motion sickness, had me like with like water bottles and wet towels and AC and up front, and were giving me like coconut water to get like the electrolytes going. Like so, just so friendly and so nice. Yeah. So dune bashing, lots of fun. But if you are a motion sick person, that like don't sit in the back take motion sickness medicine and like know your limits um but you but like there's so many other things you can do so like we went four-wheeling there's ATVing. you can go sand like boarding all that kind of stuff is so much fun so Mm -hmm. anything you can do out in the dunes do it It's, it's a lot of fun
1: okay some great tips there awesome okay so we're gonna move on to sort of like your travel and business stuff now so we're gonna start with your digital nomad life you've been doing it for yeah, say last seven years on and off, right? So how did it start?
0: Well, so the seven years includes when I moved over for my yeah. masters,
1: actually. Yeah.
0: Um, so I was I moved over, I was studying, I graduated, I decided I Did not want to go back to the States and was starting to look for positions here. So my degree is actually in counseling clinical psychology and Mm. the Austrian system is completely different, like just very, very different. And it's very difficult to practice the way that I wanted to practice. So I started working at international schools and counseling centers and stuff like that, but I wasn't loving it. Like I was really way more focused on like my traveling and stuff like that so I actually started my website just as a way for friends and family back home to be able to keep up you know I'd get a lot of text messages being like hey what are you doing now and I realized I was answering the same question about 11 times
1: yeah it happens a lot And,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and I thought hey like what if I just made like a random blog and posted you know pictures or something so I started doing that then it turned into a lot of people started asking me about like tips or advice or itineraries or something and then I was like oh okay well maybe I'll start like writing reviews on the places I go
2: yeah. So I just started
0: writing reviews and kind of naturally like writing out my itineraries and recommendations and stuff so that I could just kind of send a link over. I wasn't really focused on making that a business at the moment, you know, but then someone kind of introduced me to becoming a travel agent. Okay. Yeah. And I uh, got certified as an independent travel agent and did that for about a year, year and a half, was doing that simultaneous while I was still working. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of gave me a different perspective on like how to help people. And I was doing that remotely and everything. So that was kind of nice. And then <laughs> COVID hit. Wow. Yeah. And life got pretty grim. Uh, you know, <laughs> the over- overworked, underpaid, couldn't do anything with your life other than work. And the worst part was my partner was actually in a different country.
1: Oh.
0: So he was away for hockey and it made it really, really difficult for us to see each other because I couldn't visit him mm-hmm. he had to come visit me and at that point I think we had been living apart for two and a half years and I kind of oh, wow. was just like yeah like we were back and forth and we had off season together and stuff like that but it, it was just a lot after that and I kind of got to the point especially during COVID where I was just like this is too much I really want us to be in the same place but he moves around a lot and for me I was just like oof uh trying to find a new job in all these different places is going to be really tiring And I had a coworker at the time who actually was just like, have you ever thought about like monetizing your website and you could kind of like push your travel agency and stuff like that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, like this is a good idea. So while I was finishing up my contract in the school, I started actually studying how to like work on my website and what kind of things I'd like to do there. And the universe just kind of gave me a little bit of a helping hand actually and had some brands reached out to me and wanted me to shoot content for them because they had seen stuff that I was just posting naturally on my website and on my social media and they're like hey would you like to come and like write a review for us on your website or hey could you come and post some pictures on your social media and then like maybe take some for us to use on our website so I kind of got the content creation reverse way a lot of people you know like they're like oh that looks cool yeah. I actually had it happen completely backwards. <laughs> they kind of reached out to me and I was just like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing, but this yeah. sounds like fun. We'll yeah. give it a shot. And so after those first few, I I was hooked. I loved it. I mean, uh, my dad was a photographer. I love photography. I'm already doing a lot of this for places that I'm traveling. So it kind of mm. just became learning a bit of different content creation so then I took uh courses to help improve my photography skills videography skills editing skills and then it really became I needed to learn how to actually like do it the way other people are doing it where you pitch to people and you seek people out so had to learn how to you know research and find people I wanted to work with and then pitch and then Um, negotiate and write contracts and have rates and all of that fun stuff that came along with it so yeah so that was a that was a big learning curve as well actually and took a while to kind of get into uh, all like the nitty-gritty behind the scenes of content creation that people don't really realize you have to do but that also gave me something that I could do from anywhere you know so working on my blog as a travel agent and content creation I could do it anywhere so I could Mm -hmm. move with my partner And so for the next year and a half of doing that, that's kind of what I was doing while I was moving with him. Then I had a lot of people kind of start reaching out to me once they saw that I was working with brands and hotels and stuff like that, just being like, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? It was kind of similar to the website creation. I just (laughs) realized that I was having enough of these things that I was just like, how can I make this easier for them and myself? Okay what if I make like a course? So I thought about making a course on like how I did all of this. And honestly, one of the things that I realized was the main goal of these people was to become location independent, was to become kind of a digital nomad. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't just about the content creation or anything like that. They were like, how are you traveling so much? How are you making a living while you're on the road?
2: Mm -hmm. So
0: for me, it was, it made a lot more sense to focus on, you know, the digital nomad and how people can do that. So I sat down and created a course basically that helps people from start to finish from zero all the way to full-time nomadic lifestyle. And I do it step-by-step with them. So it's not just a course. I also am a one-on-one coach and I go with them step-by-step. Every single student of mine gets, you know, one-on-one help and personalized plans you know like they go through the course like everybody else but mm-hmm. each one has you know very specific things that is you know it's yeah. very personal and individualistic to them and i absolutely loved it like i just like i can't even express how much i love this part of my job and it's kind of been my baby so don't get me wrong i love content creation i absolutely love <laughs> all of those trips and stuff but you know when i created a course and i watch other people come back to me and they're like yeah this has yeah. changed my life like i'm having the freedom to do this like this course is amazing and just seeing how happy they are because I know how unhappy I was when I had to work in a place that I felt undervalued. I felt underpaid. I felt overworked. I felt, you know, restricted me in so many ways and having the freedom to be like, Hey, I need to go to the grocery store or I would like to work out or I need a doctor's appointment. And I, I don't want to have to ask permission to do these daily necessities
2: Mm, or, you know,
0: like, I had a Grim. coworker who had a family emergency and had to fly back to the States and could stay for a grand total of like 48 hours because oh, that's how much time they Grim. had. Like, I just like, I think that was another really big like point for me that I'm not okay with not having permission to do the necessary yeah. things of my life. And I just truly don't understand the work until you're 65. Like who wants to go skydiving and bungee jumping and our, <laughs> RVing in the desert at sixty-five years old. Like more exactly. power to them than they are. <laughs> like, you know what? If there's some sixty-five year olds out there doing this.
1: I mean, that's a fact. You might not make it. So And that's true <laughs>
0: too, you know? But like honestly, I I just don't know if whether you make it, if you make it, like I really hope you guys do. But like if you make it, like are you really gonna be wanting to do these things at sixty-five? And exactly the quality of life is now, like the time to do all of this is now. And I can always go back and do other more normal traditional roles if I have to later in life. I mean, like, sure, maybe I'll be what other people consider a little bit behind the curve, but I will never get this time back. Mm -hmm. And for me, this is when I want to live my life and I've just never been happier than I am doing this. I just, I couldn't imagine going back, honestly.
1: And it's amazing that you're helping people with the academy. I'll grab the link and put that in the show notes for sure. And that's linked to your website, isn't it? Travel Munches. Yep. Yeah. So that has everything from your academy I guess your blogs are on there your social media contacts um all that and maybe a contact form as well yeah um, is there anything else that we should know about on that website
0: um so I have obviously like my actual website but I have a like a landing page website actually yeah, yeah, that I send to yeah. people and that's the one that has it has my like my yeah my calendly if you want to you know schedule a call so we can kind of I always like to schedule a call with people before we get into the academy so I can kind of really get the perspective of what they specifically need because everybody's journey is obviously quite Mm -hmm. different. And I really like to get a feel for that kind of before we get started. So, you know, or if they just kind of want to be like, hey, I'm not entirely sure, maybe we get on a call kind of a thing. So I have my call, I have my website with all of my articles and resources. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my portfolios for brands, hotels, that kind of a thing. I have all of my socials links. Yeah, so that's all kind of on one landing page.
1: I'm going to put links in the show notes for that. Uh, some quick questions, some of the highs and lows of that lifestyle, digital nomading.
0: Uh, yeah, so I talk about these in the academy as well because I always value transparency and I really yeah. want to be realistic with people. It's not all sunshine and rainbows every day. Like, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of benefits, but everything in life comes with challenges. And one of the things we talked about earlier was a bit of loneliness. Um, Of of course, you make friends and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to have friends all over the world, but you're constantly moving. So it is really hard to maintain long, long term friendships that are, you know, really true, deep connections. Um, And like I said, you know, you're going to miss out on things back home, like the amount of engagements, weddings, bridal showers, babies being born that I have missed. Yeah. It, it's it's sad. Like it's really sad to miss all of that. Um so like I truly try not to take for granted the time that I am home and I get to see people and spend it with them. You know, at the end of the day like this is what it kind of costs to have this lifestyle and for now the benefits outweigh that. Um mm-hmm. but it is something that you're going to struggle with. Like you're you're going to struggle with loneliness. So I have a lot of resources to kind of help people fight off that and try to you know deal with that because it is something you're going to face it's something that's going to kind of come back but there are ways that you can combat it
1: but you have flexibility so if you have to go home you can exactly that's the key point i think being location independent is one of the highest things you can achieve because all you need is internet and that's pretty much across the world there to an extent
0: yep if there's ever a reason that i have to go home i can go home and it's not going to completely disrupt my life anymore like it would have you know like i'm not gonna face losing my job like i we were we were actually threatened to lose our jobs if we went home for the holidays or something during covid times and yeah like yeah i think that was another part of my like breaking
1: point (laughs) you know what i don't understand there's someone making that decision i'm like why are they not thinking yeah this sounds a bit shit (laughs) like why are they not thinking that
0: Well, and for me, it's just, you know,
1: it was just mind boggling
0: to watch, like, what my colleague had to go through just to go home to like, for a family emergency. And yeah, I think that was a really big one for me where I was just like, no, something's got to give because I can't live my life. Just always constantly worried. Like, am I going to get fired? Am I going to lose this? Like, do I I have to make the decision between being able to pay my rent and eat or, you know, being able to go home and see a family member who needs me to be there? Like, nobody should ever have to make that decision.
1: No, dictated to by a person and or company. Nah, Mm -hmm. it's not for me either. I'm kind of on the journey of trying to figure that out too. Like how, how can make an income on the road? That's kind of the journey I'm on now. Also, I want to very quickly touch on, you also blog about sustainable travel. Already mentioned it a little bit previously. What is sustainable travel? Because the reason I asked that, I went to a panel a few months ago about Pakistan travel. That question came up about traveling to Pakistan. How can they make it sustainable? And I said this before in a podcast, this guy just went first and said, well, you can't, <laughs> because if you want sustainable travel, you just don't do it. And I was like, oh, I see, where he com- I see where he's coming from. He's a nature photographer, so he's like, well, we shouldn't be there. But like, realistically, people want to travel. So I'm like, oh, where's the middle ground? Um, I have how- a how you about it? this
0: in my ebook, actually. Oh yeah. I-, I have a whole section about people who just straight up say like, you just shouldn't travel. And I'll play the devil's advocate where, yes, I can understand their point. Mm. Um, but you also have to think about the fact that a lot of places actually rely on tourism. Yeah. Like that's where all of their money comes from. So if tourism just completely stopped, these places wouldn't survive. Locals would actually suffer. So cutting tourism out completely is actually not the, not the solution because huge populations in the world truly like tourism is one of the top three industries in so many different countries that Mm -hmm. it's just not feasible. It's not realistic. And in the end, it actually wouldn't help. So there's, there's a lot of definitions and different ways that people describe it. Uh, however, the basic premise is that it means to leave behind a positive impact. You have a smaller energy footprint and you influence progressive change before, during and after your travels in the environment, culture and location.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: focus on what you can do to help those people. Um, you know, like some of the things that I always talk about is support local businesses, you know, find the local restaurants, find the local stalls, the market. Uh, you know, just that kind of thing. Don't go to the big chain restaurants. Don't stay in the big hotels. If there are tour options, a lot of times you can see that there are ones done by huge corporate businesses or ones done by local businesses. Yeah. Always choose the local business. Go to the market for food. Go like, you know, you see vendors on streets by beaches a lot of times like those are just locals go to them i try not to get really souvenirs i do have a personal collection of tiny elephant figurines that i collect in (laughs) all different countries yeah um but i've never bought them in like a souvenir shop i've gotten them at local stores or markets or like handcrafted ones from people like i have some hand glass like hand blown glass ones that are incredible i have stone ones that were carved wooden ones that were carved you know um, and they're just so unique. I have wax ones that were made into a candle and stuff like that. Um, but they've all been bought from locals at markets, stalls, vendors, that kind of a thing. Never from like a big souvenir shop. Do your research on ethical tourism, like I was talking about earlier, like all of your tours or excursions. See what type of practices they are. Not just if it's animals involved, you know, see if they're paying especially if locals are employed, like see if they're paying them fairly, see where the wages are going, see, and like a lot of this stuff, you can actually find online, like companies have to report a lot of this. Mm -hmm. So I get, it takes up time and I get it's, you know, not the most fun thing to research, but you can usually find a lot of the basis and you don't have to spend that much time on each one to kind of get a feel like once you start doing it, you're going to start noticing like what's good and what's not. And it'll start becoming a lot quicker Um, And my biggest tip is to like, look out for greenwashing, becoming sustainable and eco friendly is kind of a fad or a trend. And while I'm happy, it's getting more attention and publicity, like the people who are going to abuse it are greenwashing and they're trying to say that they are eco friendly or they're sustainable practices when they're actually not. So this is why it's so important to actually educate yourself on what to look for, because then you're going to be able to see, yes, they are actually practicing what they're preaching or they're just saying they're doing this but it's not actually very ethical
1: got it and you cover all this on your blogs don't you um on your a website. lot of
0: this so i'm kind of revamping the sustainable part of my website because i wanted to update a lot of these as i'm actually writing my ebook as well um so i, I still have a few posts out there but a lot of them are getting edited at the moment so over the okay. next like a couple weeks even months more and more are going to be coming out so keep an eye out for those because i'm I'm working on a lot of those while i'm simultaneously trying to finish up my ebook
1: okay and i will put links in the show notes but can you just remind people where can people find you on your websites and social medias
0: yep so my website is www.travelmunchers.com and sustainability is actually one of the main like menus at the top and you can go in and i'm gonna have different like subsections one of them is sustainable brands uh, so this is another big thing that I work with a lot of the brands that I partner with. Um, I only work with brands for promotion that share my values Yeah. and it's a lot of, you know, they're using products that are locally sourced, uh, recycled materials, you know, like green processing, uh, paying locals, proper wages, all of that kind of stuff. That's what I really work with and promote on my sites. So anybody that I promote on my site, you can already know that it's guaranteed to be an ethical that's great. brand. I'm working on a section for like eco hotels.
1: Oh, nice. Yep, yeah, because
0: that's one of the big ones that a lot of people tend to do a little bit of the greenwashing. So that's a section that's coming out soon. I'm going to work on a collection of sustainable tourism that not just I have done personally but I'm reaching out to other people who have done their research as well and kind of trying to get like a big database for that so that you can kind of check and see like hey I'm going to this place and I'd like to do it and you can kind of check on there and see maybe what companies are you know actually doing the right things
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and then just you know your average regular tips on how you can be a more sustainable traveler so all of that's going to be on my website under the sustainability tab
1: that's brilliant that's fantastic I think this is an area that needs to be half investigated but half put out there as well and it's an important subject i'm glad you're doing that because i think there's actually not enough people doing it um so that's great for you because i think you'll get a bit of traction for that i think
0: i think it's a really um like you can you can find people who are doing it who are definitely experts and have been doing it way longer than i have but i just Mm -hmm. feel like it's only now kind of being brought into the light so not as many people know about it or know where to find it Mm -hmm. um so that that's also another one of my goals is try to find a lot of those experts and also help bring their stuff to the light because you know they've been doing it for a long long time so i want to make sure that their knowledge is also shared and i mean like everything else like it's always going to be changing it's always going to be kind of growing so like it's gonna we're gonna have to keep updating our own knowledge and our own resources so like this is never it's never gonna end really on the information that we're gonna get and we're gonna have to constantly update it Mm -hmm. but it's something that I care about so much. And I think it's such an important mission that like, I'm happy to kind of keep working on it.
1: No, no, fantastic work. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing it. That's awesome. So we're going to finish the episode with my quick fire travel questions. These are normally random and uh, kind of just made up on the spot. The first one is going to be. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with Tee Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or GoodPods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for we're going to travel podcast and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling podcast and other stuff thank you it's travel question time how many countries have you traveled to
0: oh my gosh i have no idea like i have a map of my website where they're colored in like (laughs) in the the 20 something like i know the cities are close to 200 so like that's another Mm -hmm. thing is like we try to go to as much as we can in the country so we've probably been to italy 12 times we've probably been to greece six times we've probably been to spain eight times so um we we tend to kind of go back a lot of the times especially depending on where we're located uh it's my goal to always try to go to like one or two new places in a year but a lot of the times depending on where hockey season is we are closer to a country you know so like this year we went to Italy quite a few yep. times because we're so close to it my partner and I actually realized that the first like five times we traveled together or no sorry like the first like six times we traveled together five of them were to Spain and we didn't even notice <laughs> Like we just kept going back Nothing to wrong with that. <laughs> so uh yeah I, I would say high 20s for the countries but like over 200 something cities within those so like we we kind of go back to a lot of them um i'm knocking off three new ones this year though so i'm really excited about that
1: that's one of my questions So hold fire okay Uh, okay (laughs) three of the countries that you mentioned the the late 20s what three are your favorites
0: indonesia hands down top my favorite yeah the uae and greece are pretty up there yeah like oh okay right yeah i (sighs) I mean, like, okay, I, I I like Russia. I adore Italy. Obviously, we've gone to Spain so many times. Um, But no, I I think I'd stick with those three as my top three, actually.
1: Okay, interesting. Sometimes people pick them just because they've got different experiences, but maybe not the favorite overall. But okay, that's yeah. cool.
0: No, Indonesia's number one. Always will be number one. I I would be shocked. To be fair, though, if anything is going to happen, it's going to be this year at one of the three that may dethrone it, but we'll see.
1: Well, the next question is, Three countries that you've not traveled to that is next on your hit list, so you can go. Amazing.
0: Okay, so I'm going to Zanzibar and Tanzania in three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend who's opening her Airbnb, and I'm doing a couple hotel collaborations, black, uh, brand collaborations while I'm there. Yeah. So that's number one, and I'm so excited. um I think it's a strong contender. <laughs> <laughs> um Number two is we're going to Madeira, the island oh, of Portugal. Portugal. That's yeah. you know closer down to Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I think just a really, really strong contender. Um, And that's going to be like kind of the big trip with my partner this year. So I think that's another reason that I'm really looking forward to that one. And then for my birthday in November, we're going to Mexico. I'm going to go to uh, Cancun and Tulum. And I've always wanted to go there. I mean, like, I get it's quite touristy now, but also it's one of the largest digital nomad hubs. And I would really, really like to go and just work on so much digital nomad connections networking content creation for that and like try to reach as many people as I can and meet a bunch of people there cuz I'd like to actually do some interviews with other digital nomads as well mm-hmm. uh for my site and kind of get all of their information and try to kind of you know build that network and database for them as well so yeah I think that one will also be great and I'm going with my parents which is really special cuz it's a big birthday and it's just going to be me and them and only child i'm very very close with my parents so oh, okay. I'm, I'm yeah pretty, yeah i'm i'm pretty excited to go on <laughs> <this>. <laughs> so those are my three big ones this year yeah. that i'm really excited for
1: they're great three okay and i know from your website name that you're a big foodie so three international cuisines that are your favorites
0: oh okay um number one is probably russian food which is so like
1: wow unique
0: yeah I love it. I mean, like the Russian dumplings, they have uh this like cheese thing that's called Saniki, which is delicious. Uh like Bush. I I love Russian food and mm-hmm. I think I think I had a very privileged exposure to it. I uh I dated a Ukrainian whose family was all in oh. Russia and I had yeah. the opportunity to go to Crimea. We were on a yacht. I don't know how to say this any other way, but we were on a yacht. <laughs> And um, they had like personal chefs. So the food Ryan. that I was exposed to was obviously just like top notch. And I think I just fell madly in love with it. And then when we were back in Moscow, like all the restaurants, it was incredible food.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I had quite a few Russian friends in Vienna, Austria as well. And, you know, like their families would cook food. And there was one restaurant in Vienna. And since then it's closed down. And I'm so sad because I wish I could recommend it to people, but it's not, it's not there anymore. But I think just having a lot of Russian friends whose family cooked as well, I just, mm-hmm. I got like the authentic cooking. So I just, I fell in love with Russian food. I got to say it's delicious.
1: Okay. And two and three.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, I hate this question because I love food so much. <laughs> okay. I cannot pronounce them, but the donut balls that you get in Greece.
1: Oh yeah. I don't know what the name is for that, but yeah, I can visualize I- them
0: yeah uh well you know it's like a fried donut ball yeah. and they have all the different ones and there's like a lemon one a cinnamon one a sugar mm-hmm. one uh, like all these things those were just also amazing i never i never had one that wasn't delicious yeah. and i'm i like sweets but like it's pretty impressive when the sweet can actually rank high on my list mm-hmm. just because for me like really impressive food always tends to be savory, savory. i'm not yeah, sure yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not yeah. sure why but it just is uh but those things are just out of this world incredible. So, yeah, I would say that's probably number two. Pick a, pick a country. Let's Thailand. Oh, okay. I mean, I love all Asian food. But, like, fresh, like, fresh, fresh, um, like, fish that I had there. Oh, I, I don't know the fish. I wish I knew the fish. That was the biggest problem. Yeah. I, cu- I couldn't, like, I couldn't tell you what it was because I can't read the names. And, like, when they were trying to explain it, they didn't know the English name for it. So, it was just one of the most delicious fish I've ever had in my life and like all the seafood there. So like I like squid and octopus and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm very pro seafood. And my partner unfortunately is not. It's more rare that I get to eat it now. But if we if we make it back over to Asia, he's he's gonna have to try some because
1: oh, the quality
0: to. over there is
1: just oh, and it's fresh. All the food's exactly. fresh. It's incredible. So good. One area. Okay. A few more questions. What about a best beach that you've been to?
0: oh there was one in greece that i absolutely loved that was actually Crete. uh mm-hmm. it's called via beach and it's like one of the only natural palm tree reserves oh and they also wow. have like big cliffs that you can walk up and so you get like all of the views but then huh. like down on it yeah um I, I think that's probably one of the best ones i've been to so far
2: sounds incredible um
0: I'm really looking forward to going to Madeira though because of the black sand beaches. I have yes. not made it to a black sand beach yet and I'm dying to. Mm. Um, and then I also want to go to the pink beaches. So I haven't made it to a pink beach either. So those are two big things that I'm like actually really, really excited for. And I'm going to cross the black sand beaches off this year. Um, nice. So maybe ask me in five months and my <laughs> answer will change. <laughs>
1: okay. No worries. Okay. Do you drink coffee?
0: Love coffee.
1: Okay, so you can pick one city in the world to drink the coffee and watch the world go by. Where are you going to sit?
0: Well, that's two different questions because it's based on coffee and a view.
1: Ah, interesting. I normally separate them out, but people get a bit weirded out, so I combine them now. But you can answer different for the actual coffee and the view.
0: I think I'm going to have to go with Italy for the coffee. Yeah. A,
1: I, a really popular answer. Just,
0: uh, I really love Italian coffee. Like, the. Yep the amount of times that I've woken up with my, my partner does not drink coffee. He,
1: oh, what? He, like, hates wow. he does not. No yeah. fish, no coffee. Um, Crikey.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> He's got a lot of benefits. I keep him around for reasons, I promise. But um no, I, I think like the amount of times that I've like woken up in the morning and had coffee and I'm like, oh, God bless the Italians. Yeah. After I've had like my first yeah. sip of coffee. I, I don't think I've ever said that so many times for any other country after drinking coffee so i think i'm gonna have to go with italy for the coffee because great answer yeah yeah i i really do i just had that first sip and it's just a natural reaction is god bless the italians the view that's that's Mm. completely that's a completely different answer i like nature views um so i'd probably go some somewhere like thailand or indonesia um i know what would be my answer i just haven't made it there yet it oh, would be on. new zealand yeah it, it would be new zealand um oh, yeah. new zealand is where i'm fully convinced that i'm actually going to end up when i finally settle down in life i don't know why it's just been that way for the last decade at least where i just have this strong calling that that's where i'm gonna end up and be mm. one day and i think i'm kind of putting it off actually because i know when i go <laughs> i'm just not going to leave uh yeah, and my dream house is a Hobbit hole. So like, it's tough. Oh, it's I tough. went there
1: and I had no idea what was going on because I'd never seen it. but government was like, "You're wasted here." I'm like, "Yeah, I will just come along, just look at it." <laughs> there you go.
0: Let, let me pick my jaw off the floor <laughs> really fast. Um, well, this but conversation was is amazing really well. <laughs> <laughs> we were friends. um yeah. I I I forgave you for the Bali, but I'm not entirely sure about this one.
1: Yeah. I had no idea and that Hobbiton pub I have no idea what it even means but I had a drink in there but there you go oh, sorry I'm,
0: I i don't have a response that's nice for
1: but I I can respond <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right because I used to live there for a year and I think it is a magical place there's this one downside for me the only downside to it it's too far like from UK it is the other side of the world it's just, it's a 30-hour trip to get back it's just the uh a yeah
0: a nightmare. it's it's like 26 i think for my parents as well but the thing is mm. that my dad i think has the same passion like and that if i moved he would move
1: oh okay
0: i'm only child they're they've both been retired for years if like you take him with you
1: god dream
0: yeah so I, I think that's one of the few places that I actually would stand a chance that if I'm like, hey guys, I'm moving to New Zealand, that mm. my dad would have his bags packed within the next 48 hours and be <laughs> like, cool, we're selling the house and we'll see you there. Like, I think it's probably one of the only places that that would happen. Fingers crossed that, You'll you love know, it. One day, one day I end up in New Zealand and parents come with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, get that camper van out and get driving around. There's no one on the oh, roads.
0: This is Dream. the other thing is like, I have this dream to build a, I don't know if you know, a Vario, it's Mercedes. It's a very boxy, but larger yeah. scaled old school. Uh, that's, that is my dream car. I, like I laugh because everyone's like, what's your dream car? And I'm like, <laughs> <"A> Vario, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess super sexy, but like, that's, that's my dream home on wheels Um, and driving around like New Zealand or even Australia as well. in oh, that, yeah. I think would just be mm. like the absolute dream. So one day, I hope.
1: Yeah, you won't regret that. Okay, and I'm going to finish the episode with my always question at the end is a few lines as to why someone should make the leap to like a digital nomad lifestyle and going travel and work at the same time.
0: I think I'm just going to kind of reiterate some of the points that I already said, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's a great big world out there. And there are some incredible people amazing cultures, fantastic experiences. Um, like the quote, you know, if you don't travel, you only read one page is just such a true thing for me. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I don't want to let the world pass me by. So for me, travel is just travel is my life. It's, it's what makes life life. You know, it's, Mm. it's for me, it's living. That is what makes it living for me but being able to work remotely and doing it while traveling gives you that both like freedom and flexibility but also stability at the same time you know like I I can travel with my partner wherever he needs to go for his hockey season I can go on vacation anytime I want and not have to completely take time off from work I don't have to ask permission from anyone else and anytime I need to or just want to go home and see my family, I have that freedom as well. So for me, it's it really comes down to freedom, flexibility, and just truly living my life. You know the way that for me is fulfilling. And and I I completely understand that everybody has different ways to feel fulfilled. But for me, there's just nothing better yet than having these new experiences, meeting these new people. Mm-hmm and really trying to just see as much of the beautiful beautiful world that we live in
1: yeah i could not agree more and that's why i quit my job and went traveling there you go okay
0: buddy, quit your job yeah
1: just quit your job just go and do it
0: <laughs> just do it
1: <laughs> yeah just do, do it.
0: it we're gonna steal nike's
2: slogan
1: <laughs> someone almost said that as their answer yeah he just said just fuck your job off and do it that's all he said We're gonna finish the episode thanks so much Bree, for coming on it's been a great chat i've learned a lot Thanks for making time and I can't wait to share this episode but also all your content and links in the show notes because I think people are going to really benefit from that. Oh
0: well thank you. It was an absolute pleasure and I really appreciate you having me.
1: Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to my Winginit Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Wingin' It Travel Podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last 8 to 10 years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel Podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice alternatively you can rate this on apple or wherever you get your podcasts from this really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content and i'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there reviewing it and enjoying the content so far stay safe stay humble keep listening keep traveling and i'll catch you soon cheers james